0: Hi, this is Pastor Woods, and I was just looking at the calendar. I'm amazed how quickly Easter is coming. I am in uh, preaching at the Baptist Church tomorrow again, and I'm going to be preaching on, sir, we would see Jesus. I would invite you to come. Do you remember the saying that said, uh, you're okay because God made you and God don't make no junk? Well, today I want to entitle this sermon, God Don't Make No Junk. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, reading out of the ESV, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. A well-known speaker started his seminar by holding a $20 bill up so that everybody could see it. He asked the 200 attendees, Who, who would like to have this $20 bill? Well, hands went up all over the room, of course. He said, I'll give this $20 bill to one of you, but first let me do this. And he proceeded to crumple the $20 bill. Then he asked, who still wants it? Still the hands up in the, went up in the air. Well, he said, what if I do this? He creased the bill. Then he dropped it, all crumpled and dirty and creased. And now who wants it? still hands went up. He started grinding it into the floor with his shoe. He picked it up now all wrinkled and dirty and held. And he held it up and he said, who wants it? And hands still went up there. So he said, friends, you've learned a very valuable lesson. No matter what I did to the money, you still wanted it because it didn't decrease in value. It was still worth $20. Many times in our lives, We are dropped, crumpled, and ground into the dirt by the decisions we make or the circumstances we're in or the way other people treat us. And uh, we just feel like maybe you know that we're worthless. In fact, there's usually somebody around to let us know we're worthless. But no matter what's happened or what will happen, you'll never lose your value in God's eyes. Whether dirty or clean, crumpled or finely creased, You're still priceless to him. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. A man found a big ugly rock out in the forest that he took home to use as a doorstop. He used it for years. One day a friend said to him, You know, you ought to find out what, what that rock is. Well, it turned out to be a gemstone worth $30,000. Imagine how surprised he was after using that rock as a doorstop for so many years to find that it was money laying there all the time. How many times do we overlook precious jewels that God wants to refine and use for his glory? She was a prostitute, hooked on alcohol and full of demons. Those who knew her or knew of her thought she was a selfish, wicked, evil woman that was simply unredeemable. One day she met Jesus Christ, and her life changed 100%. She became a wonderful, tender, exemplary woman of Christian virtues and a devout follower of Jesus. Her name was Mary Magdalene, and Jesus cast seven demons out of her, and she became one of God's special jewels. Luke chapter 8, verse 2, is a list of the people, of the ladies that Jesus had helped. It says, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. Well, you just couldn't tell the the value there, but God certainly knew the value. He was a tax collector, the scum of the earth. His fellow Jews saw him as a traitor, even lower than a Gentile. Matthew collected taxes for the Roman government and was counted with sinners. One day Jesus came by and saw something in Matthew that everyone else had missed. Jesus called Matthew to be his disciple, and immediately Matthew left his tax booth and followed Jesus. Matthew 9.9, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me, and he rose and followed him. The Jews thought he was hopeless, that he had no value but Matthew became a catalyst for reaching many more people uh, that society thought was worthless. God saw such potential in Matthew that he allowed him to write the first gospel. Then there was the man that lived in the cemetery. He was wild and dangerous. People were afraid of him. They had to try to chain him, but the chains couldn't hold him. They were afraid to go out in, along the, the country roads in case he showed up. But uh, Jesus came and saw the potential that only God could see. Jesus cast out a legion of demons. In fact, I'm going to read you this story in Mark chapter 5, 1 through 13. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the uh, Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stopped, stepped out of the boat... and jesus asked him what is your name he replied my name is legion for we are many and he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside and they begged him saying send us to the pigs let us enter them so he gave them permission and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs And the herd, numbering about two thousand, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. What a miracle! The community had long since given up on this guy, but Jesus saw that he was worth saving. The story is long. There was this woman caught in adultery, and the Sanhedrin thought her worthy of death. They brought her to Jesus, hoping that he, well, they were testing him to see if he was going to have mercy or if he was going to follow the law. But Jesus uh, wrote some things in the sand, and each one of her accusers left. And then Jesus said to her, uh, Where are your accusers? And she said, I don't know, Lord, they've gone. And he said, Well, I forgive your sins. Go and sin no more. And uh, the woman that people thought was worthy of death was worthy to be saved by Jesus Christ. Then there was a woman at the well that Jesus met that everybody looked down upon. She was kind of a woman of the streets and and she had lived with somebody she wasn't married with. She had had five husbands before and jesus spoke to her and what a change came into her life jesus sees potential in people that the world cannot see i I was thinking about saul of tarsus and how he had been persecuting christians and how he had been involved in trying to destroy the church and then one day jesus stopped him on the road to Damascus. damascus i mean and he said paul Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul said, who are you? And he said, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. And Saul, the the wicked Saul that was trying to kill Christians, suddenly became Paul the Apostle that has written many of the books in the New Testament. You know, we can't write people off as a waste because God, God never does uh for instance who was the worst criminal you can think of one of them i thought of was ted bundy he had committed at least 30 member murders i mean it could have been 50. dr dobson led him to jesus christ he accepted christ before he was executed here a uh, soul soiled, dirty a murder uh, a total piece of trash as far as society was concerned but he was valuable to Christ. I was thinking about a man by the name of Roy Dorr when I was growing up in Walla Walla First Church, of the Nazarene. Roy Dorr staggered in one day to the church service. I don't know how he happened to come, but he accepted Jesus. He had been a hopeless alcoholic on Skid Row. He was beyond hope until Jesus came and changed his life. And then he became an asset in the music program, found out that he could play the piano, he could play the violin, and he began to rejoice and, and serve God. What a wonderful thing that God saw that potential. There was Nancy. She was hard, unattractive, a crabby cashier at Safeway. You didn't mess with her if you didn't want your head bit off. Jesus even changed her features. He softened her features. She became a real asset to the church I was pastoring. There was Anne. People considered her poor white trash, but God transformed her life and healed her of the drugs and alcohol. And again, she became a very valuable asset to the music program in the church I was serving. How many diamonds in the rough have slipped through our fingers because we didn't see the value that Jesus sees in them? There was an old man that I saw one time at McDonald's. He was asking for a cup of hot water. He was going to dump his package of oatmeal in and stir it and have breakfast. And the the person waiting on him was hesitant to do anything. And the manager said, just give him what he wants and get him out of here. He's going to run the customers off. You know... There was potential in that man, but the people at McDonald's didn't see it. The people that were there as customers didn't see it, but I know that God saw the potential there. Maybe you've been lied to by Satan. He said that you have no value. Jesus knows how valuable you are. He gave his life to save you. 2 Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises. Some count slowness but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to reach repentance. I'm okay because God made me, and God don't make no junk. I, one of my favorite poems that I used to love to listen to was The Touch of a Master's Hand. I know it's an old poem, and I know a lot of you know it, but here it is. "'Twas battered and scarred and the auctioneer thought it scarcely worth his while to waste much time on the old vile lamb but he held it up with a smile what am i bidding good folks he cried who'll start the bidding for me a dollar a dollar then two 2 dollars and who'll make it three 3 dollars once 3 dollars twice going for 3 but no from the room far back came a gray-haired man and picking up the bow then wiping all the dust from the old violin and tightening the loose strings he played a melody pure and sweet as sweet as an angel sings the music ceased the auctioneer in a voice that was quiet and low said what am i bid for this old violin and he held it up with a bow A thousand dollars, and who'll make it two? Two thousand, and who'll make it three? Three thousand once, three thousand twice, and going for three. The people cheered, but some of them cried, We don't quite understand. What's changed its worth? The man replied, The touch of the master's hand. And many a man with life out of tune and battered and scarred with sin is auctioned cheap to the thoughtless crowd, much like the old violin, a mess of pottage, a glass of wine, a game, and he travels on. He's going once, he's going twice, he's going and almost gone. But the master comes and the foolish crowd can never quite understand the worth of a soul and the chains that's wrought by the touch of the master's hand. You know, if only we could see the worth of a soul as Jesus does. If we understood how detrimental sin is, we would want to live a righteous life and not play with sin. You are worth so much to Christ that he was willing to leave heaven, step into history, and die in your place so that you could have the benefits of your sins and guilt forgiven. Have fellowship with God and receive eternal life for you as a home in heaven with God. You know, many people don't understand how Christ's death on the cross could save them. Unless you understand the reason that Jesus did what he did, it's hard to make sense of it. Too often a well-meaning preacher might say, I hear it on TV all the time, you need to accept Jesus Christ, confess your sins to him. But they don't tell you why you should accept him as your savior. Our problem goes back to the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and allowed sin, death, and hell to, human, to enter the human race. Since then, every baby has been born with inbred sin and a rebellious spirit against god that must eventually be surrendered to god if we want god's forgiveness the rebellion fosters committed sin which must be forgiven and cleansed by god the bible says in romans 3 23 and 24 for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god but are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus as God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. The big word propitiation means to satisfy the wrath of God against sin, to turn away God's wrath or to offer a sacrifice that appeases God, just ju- God's justice and judgment and righteous anger against us for our sin. Hebrews 9:22 says, "Indeed, there under the law almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sin." Millions of animals were sacrificed, their blood shed in the Old Testament days in an effort to atone for man's sin. This death and shedding blood were an object lesson to show man the seriousness of sin. It was only a temporary remedy at best for a sinful heart and had to be repeated over and over. What was needed was a member of the human race, a perfect human, to shed his blood once and for all for the whole human race to restore the broken relationship between God and man. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because all have sinned, man was hopelessly lost and bound for hell. There was no sinless human whose shedding of his blood and whose death could satisfy the wrath of God against sin. My life and your life are tainted with sin, In fact, we were born with a sinful, rebellious heart. We could not die for anyone else's sins because we had too many sins of our own. This, then, would demand us to go to hell to pay for our own sins. But God did not want us to go to hell. There had to be a perfect sacrifice to atone for our sin. It had to be a human being who had never sinned in order to satisfy the wrath of God. And an animal or an angel would not suffice. There was only one whose blood could satisfy the punishment for all mankind. And he had to become the very essence of sin and receive our punishment as a substitute since nobody else could qualify god had to send his perfect son jesus christ into the world to become a member of the human race to satisfy this requirement jesus left heaven stepped into history was born of a virgin which qualified him as a member of the human race and yet he was still the son of god making him divine Being God's son and not Joseph's son, there was no inbred sin handed down through the Father to contend with. He lived a sinless life as a man to qualify as our Redeemer and free us from sin's punishment. Now we have unmerited grace, which is a free gift from God that we didn't earn, And we are justified or declared or made righteous in the sight of God because of Christ's shed blood and death. In order to receive the benefits of his death and shed blood, we must ask him to forgive our sins. We must repent and confess our sins to him and then begin to live a a changed life accepting him as our Lord and Savior. The key word there is repent. Repent. That means to be sorry for your sinful life and ask Christ for his forgiveness. It means you are sorry enough to change direction and quit your sinful habits and live a life of obedience to God. What a wonderful privilege to think you were bound for hell, but now you can be part of God's family and are going to heaven because Jesus Christ paid for your sins that you could not pay for, and he offered the gift of salvation to you. Remember, Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose again on the third day after dying on the cross. During those three days, he went into hell and suffered everything a sinner would have to suffer in order to pay the full price for your redemption. But because he was resurrected, this guarantees that you will be resurrected too. What a blessed eternity you will have because Jesus loved you enough to die for your sins. You know, if Satan tries to convince you that you're worthless, Tell him you're valuable enough to God that he paid for your redemption on the cross, in the tomb, in hell, and now gives you life for eternity. If Satan says you're too sinful for Christ to forgive you, just tell him that the blood of Jesus Christ can go deeper than anything that he has put in your life and it can cleanse you from all sin. God knows the worth of your, sin, or of your soul and god don't make no junk and i would ask you please if you've not accepted christ as your personal savior do it today confess your sins to him ask him to come into your life and be your lord and savior dear father i pray that you help each one that's listening to this broadcast to know that you died for them too to know that, Lord, you're offering to them the gift of salvation, that every one of them, if they would turn their lives to you, could be forgiven of sin and given forgiveness from God and fellowship with God and eternal life. Praise God for what you've done. We're so glad that you don't look at us as a waste of time or as junk not worth your efforts. Please, Lord, help us today to turn to you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Again, if you want to get in touch with me, it's uh, gmail is lowercase r-e-v-w-m-w-w-o-o-d-s at gmail.com You can send a message through gmail. Uh, sometimes I get so much gmail that I miss things, so if you don't hear from me right away, do it again. And then if you want to talk to me in person or you want to text me, my phone uh, phone number is 623-845-2741 and of course you can send a letter through the mail box 4031 sun valley arizona 86029 don't forget i am preaching at the first baptist church here in holbrook we will be having services tomorrow and uh, i again am going to be at uh, bible study sunday night at six o'clock and you're welcome to come to any and all of the services at the church again morning sunday school starts at 9 45 morning worship at 11 o'clock evening service at six o'clock god bless you i hope that you're having a good time remember as we move towards uh, the Easter or the Resurrection Sunday. Remember to get your heart right with God. Make sure that you ask Him to search your heart and know where you are today. God bless.